welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals, uh, well, mostly professionals, that talk about law enforcement issues in the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, yes, he's back, Ward Mythaller. And also, all retired this evening, we have uh, Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrea Casal, and we have producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for being available for the show. Also, our sponsors, we have Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. You know, we're going to start off... Um, you, well, you know, I, I was going to go with this uh, this whole migrant thing, but let me go and start off with something with a little bit more juice on it here. Um, we've got a video that we're going to cover here, and it's on Rumble, our favorite uh, Rumble channel. Uh, this is Butter, and I encourage you guys to go to uh, Rumble on This is Butter's channel and to support uh, that channel. Uh, they, they've got the best law enforcement video content, in my opinion. So it's titled Body Cam Footage, 911 Calls Released from Deadly McLean, Officer Involved Shooting. Hey, Aaron. Aaron. Hey. Hey, bud. Put it down. Whoa. Bud, put it, put it down. 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 We don't. Can Just you put it down, It's okay. Please? Can you put it down, please? Aaron, you're all right. Where's Woody off? Hold the channel, please. Bud, it's okay. You're not in trouble. No. Hey, you yeah. asked to call for us, remember? Hey. Fire! 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 And uh, so, let's, so we're in Fairfax County, and the police chief is Kevin Davis. Uh, he released video. Uh, footage in 911 calls on Thursday afternoon from a July 7th incident that led to a deadly officer-involved shooting. So last month, officers were called to a home in McLean uh, just after 7 p.m. for a 911 call about a man in crisis. So listen where these, uh, you know, mental calls go, man in crisis, or you know, that are having like a some kind of a mental breakdown. So authorities are unable to locate the person they've been called about, returned after a second 911 call at about 8.45 p.m. So the officers get at the home the second time, and they say that a struggle ensued and alleged that a 26-year-old named Jasper Aaron Lynch charges at the officers with something in his hand. Well, there's a video of this thing. And, uh, and, and, and while I'm talking about, look, if you, if you go to our Facebook page, Leo Roundtable, all the... Um, Everything that we're going to be talking about is typically on that Facebook page before we do our show. And then producer Will um, uploads those are segment videos Tuesday through uh, Saturday, and the videos are embedded into the show, so you can check these out. So our bad guy's got something in his hand, so Lynch is holding a bottle and an object be believed to be a large decorative tribal mask. He's a white dude, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But they allege Lynch threw the mask at the officer and began to swing the bottle in a striking motion. Um, so police said he it was actually pretty accurate with the throw, I thought. But police said that uh, they attempted to verbally de-escalate the situation before two of the responding officers deploy the tasers. Third officer fires his service weapon uh, multiple times. There is a crossfire situation. I'm sure David or someone will talk about. And Lynch, our bad guy, did not survive. But here's here's where I'm going with this. Listen to what the family says, and you're going to be seeing some of this stuff tonight. I know it's going to drive uh, Lieutenant Randy crazy. And so Lynch's family releases a statement on Thursday saying, our son Aaron was experiencing a severe mental health crisis on July the 7th. He was scared, 
asked for both of the 911 calls uh, that were made uh, or asked for both the 911 calls that were made that day. We believe that the three officers um, who responded and uh, that they could have and should have handled this far differently. To respond to Aaron's mental health crisis by shooting him at all, let alone multiple times, cannot be justified. We recognize that at times, police officers face grave and unknown dangers in the line of duty, but that was not the case for that call at our home regarding our son. Aaron was about five foot six, slightly built, holding just a bottle and a decorative mask. As parents, we mourn the heartbreaking loss of our son and are left only with memories of regret. Had we known that there was any possibility that the police responding to the second 911 call would use lethal force against Aaron during a mental health crisis, we would not have involved them until a mental health counselor could be present, as was the case for the response to the first 911 call. We hope our efforts to find out more about this incident will in the future help families in similar situations avoid such a tragic outcome wow i think this is this is I, I think about the time you start talking about how we respond to uh i see dave i want i'm trying to look at david while i talk to you brett but uh, we, we respond to action you know but uh captain enlighten enlighten our users and the family members here's the only thing they should have said we recognize that at times police officers face grave and unknown dangers in the line of duty period that's it no modifiers that's it the rest of it the rest of it is is not believing that their wonderful human being relative could be this guy, but he was. Yeah. And, and you know, we respond and, and I'm, I'm stealing this from Captain Bartlett. Uh, we respond to action. You know, if someone's got some kind of a mental disability or mental crisis or whatever, I mean, that's fine. And we're going to attempt to deescalate. But once you you reach the point to where your life or someone else's life is in, de in jeopardy, look, it doesn't have to be your your jeopardy of death. It can be serious bodily injury. Uh, that's enough. But you have if you don't take action, then you're liable. But you have to be able to take action. So yeah, family members, maybe they made a poor decision and calling the police. Maybe they made a poor decision and not having them institutionalized or getting treatment uh, to where they reached that point. Um, so uh, Andrea, I, well, I know you're up next. In all fairness, you know the officers, which was almost too. It was almost nagging. It was almost annoying me. But, you know, you sit there and you listen. They kept telling him or asking him, you know, are you sure? What makes you think that they're in this mental state? What is going on? You do know that we're going to have to act if we find something. But therefore, you know, if nothing's wrong, there's nothing we can do. I mean, they were kind of going through all of the steps that they needed to go through, letting them know this is the action that we're going to have to take if we can take any action. You know, these are the other things that you can do. We can make contact. So, I mean, again, it was almost starting to get annoying <laughs> listening to some of it. But at the same time, you know, they were they they let them know. So, unfortunately, you're going to see more and more of these situations. You know, we have a few things tonight that we're going to go over where we're trying to get, you know, a lot of these, hey, let's talk them through it. Let's get somebody medical. Sometimes the teams aren't available. You know, officers come in contact with these things all of the time. They had a bottle. They weren't drinking from the bottle. <laughs> you know, there was, there was more going on, you know. Um, and, and obviously, based on what the, I guess it was a twin sister had said, you know, these things had been coming out about for a little while. So. Yeah, th thank you, Andrea. You know, Captain, I'm thinking this was a, uh, a tribal, you know, decorative man. I'm thinking maybe they had some kind of a, a prejudice against some tribal. I know, David. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Ward should. I see him taking well, notes. He's going to contact a family and offer his assistance. If this was Washington or Oregon or D.C., we'd charge him with cultural appropriation because that's not his you know you, you, some you, you need to get woke sir you, you've just taken somebody's culture and used it so therefore we're going to apply a little lead but wait wait i'm sorry lead that poisons the water let's 
crap, we're going to have to rethink this whole thing because we're, we're launching poison at the cultural appropriation suspect. Now my head just exploded. Wow. All right. Thank you, Captain. Anybody else on this? And if not, we'll move on to our next one. I think we've got a main topic coming up here. Um, and uh, yeah, we have an update. So this is on Police Mag. Number of officers shot has increased 14% in 2022 uh and and randy i I want when we're talking about this i want you to talk about the wounded blue because this kind of hits home with you um in a report that was just released the national fraternal order police the fop they stated that as of the end of july 210 officers have been shot in the line of duty during the year 2022 this is a 14 percent increase over officers shot on duty during the same time frame in 2021 so the monthly update uh, law enforcement officers shot and killed in the line of duty. Also reports that there have been 46 ambush-style attacks on officers so far this year. These attacks have resulted in 71 officers being shot, and of those, 18 were killed. Uh, the number of ambush-style attacks uh, reported does not include the instance where an officer was shot at but not struck by gunfire during the ambush-style attack. And overall, though, uh, through the end of July, nationwide, 39 officers have been killed by gunfire. Um, there's some other information here, kind of breaking it down by state and stuff, but that's the gist of it. Uh, Lieutenant Randy. So we've been seeing this trend um, moving upward. And um, one of the reasons that we haven't seen the same, uh, the, the deaths rising at the same level is not because of the, the, the tax not occurring, but because the body armor and the tactics being used and the and the medical um, care that is that is so great in tactical medicine now. So the fact that, that we haven't lost more lives is um, is astounding. Uh, but these are life changing injuries. Many of these are disabling injuries. And and just in the last um, three weeks, I have visited personally with a California uh, Highway Patrol officer who was shot five times which included the loss of his eye. And then just days later, the San Bernardino deputy who was shot four times and is facing life-changing injuries. Uh, we're seeing this more and more and more. And yet we are seeing no one from our um, uh, federal uh, Department of Justice or, or even states addressing the, the, the horrendous, the horrendous crime uh, against law enforcement officers. And until we start taking this seriously, and there are consequences for lower offenses, which uh, which lead to these these deaths and these injuries, uh, we're going to continue continue to see this uh, this incredible rise. And that's why the Wounded Blue is doing such amazing work. Um, we're going to be doing our Law Enforcement Survival Summit in October. I urge every law enforcement officer to go to thewoundedblue.org and sign up for this training. It is life-saving training, every aspect about surviving a law enforcement career, physically, tactically, same things we talk about on the show, but also psychologically, emotionally, and all these other facets. So please go to thewoundedblue.org, sign up for this for this uh, event in uh, October 11th through the 14th in Terre Haute, Indiana, gonna be in the Midwest. And if you can't afford it, if you can't afford that the $295 um, fee, contact me, Randy, at the Wounded Blue. There's scholarship opportunities as well. So thewoundedblue.org. Hey, uh, Randy, can I get that number from you so I can contact you one more time? The, Randy at thewoundedblue.org. <laughs> okay. 
Anybody else? I, I see you. I see you. You, David. Think that, you think that's funny? Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anybody else on this? And 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 if not, and guys, look, I'm wearing I'm wearing Randy's shirt. Yes. So all right. Um, a lot of us support and believe well, we all believe in the in the wounded blue. Um, but look, we've got shirts. Randy's got they got mugs. Go to the website, get some of the merchandise, support them. And uh, it, it's really a great organization, and it will not come back and bite you in the rear end or embarrass you. They do great things, and uh, Randy's not on a salary with them. They just do some amazing work. So, and hey, if you're interested in volunteering, uh, that's that's a, a whole nother opportunity to work with a great organization. So, um, if there's nobody else, we move on to our next one here. Then uh, let's see. We've got an update. This is on LawOfficer.com. I've got about 45 seconds, but Texas Governor buses migrants to New York City. So look, we've got um, look. We we love Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but also uh, you know Greg Abbott in Texas. Wow, what a great governor! So Governor Greg Abbott of Texas previously sent dozens of buses filled with more than 6,100 illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C., and, and we've been covering that on the show. Now, just a few days after New York City Mayor Eric Adams turned down his invitation to visit the southern border, the Lone Star State Governor sent a taste of the ongoing migrant surge to the Big Apple's uh, doorstep with the first busload of border crossers arriving in Manhattan on Friday morning. Uh, yes, can we get applause? Uh, the Republican governor disclosed in a statement that the migrant bus arrived at gate 14 of the Port Authority bus terminal. And uh, I'm going to end it there. I'll get to it in just one. I'll finish it in a second. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. So look, if you spend any time inside an armored vehicle, you know how cluttered that world can be. And the same is true of cruisers. Well, there's a new product line that's made by Tactote that takes advantage of all that steel. Now, Tactote's products, they allow you to store a variety of gear at an arm's reach using magnetic technology. Extra magazines, med kits, less lethal, breaching tools. They all can have a portable staging magnetic solution, just to name a few. So, guys, if you're looking to get your patrol cars or your armored vehicles more organized and also to be able to deploy faster, check out tac-tote.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Uh, and, yes, Tactote is actually online conversing with us on uh, on YouTube as well. Um, so, uh, look, and talking about Governor Greg Abbott from the great state of Texas, um, you know, it, it goes on to say that Abbott's actions have been a response to the Biden administration's open border policies, overwhelming Texas communities. And it's part of the governor's plan called Operation Lone Star. Now, in April, the governor in uh, said that Texas was being overwhelmed with 18,000 illegal immigrants per day. Now, think about that, 18,000 per day. And they simply do not have the capacity to cope with the wave of incoming people. That was uh, reported by law officer. So because of the President Biden's continued refusal to acknowledge the crisis, caused by his open border policies, the state of Texas has had to take unprecedented action to keep our community safe. And that was according to Abbott in a statement that he made last Friday. Wow. Um, it, it's great watching DeSantis and Abbott do these, do these things. Um, any comments on that guys? If not, we'll move on to the next one, but uh, Lieutenant Randy. Well, all I can uh, say to mayor uh, of, of New York is um, didn't your city declare itself a sanctuary city so what are you complaining about you have invited illegal aliens into your city so welcome them with open arms or change your entire thought process about what is going on in this country when it comes down to illegal immigrations otherwise shut the hell up 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all about the narrative, Lieutenant Randy, and you, and you said it, you said it better than I could. So excellent. Thanks guys for being here. Hey, thanks to all the people that donated and supporting the show. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, look, uh, what, a, what a great show. Uh, I'm sorry we lost Randy towards the end. I was kind of curious what he was said about the Las Vegas uh, factor, but uh, thanks to Gauls for sponsoring the show, Guardian Alliance Technologies, gunlearn.com, mymedicare.live, tac-tote.com, and also to Bang Energy, which we'll be getting some more of shortly uh, for fueling the show. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.